listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Peeves is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADPEEVES, S-A-D-P-E-E-V-E, and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Amy Showtime. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai, and today we're discussing animal research, animal activists, telepathy, and more. <laughs> that brings me to my rant of the week. People love pets. Now, it hurts my heart to think of any animal being injured or subjected to Frankensteinian experimentation. Medical advances, though, whether they are for humans or the pets we hold so dear, those medical advances can only happen with research, and oftentimes animal models make it happen. Now, that's not to say that these critters should be abused or misused, and in fact, dogs and cats at major pet food companies get to eat for a living. Now, that's the kind of research I'd enjoy. But some animal activists see it all as black and white, and even go so far as to sabotage research facilities, turning the critters loose in the guise of saving them. Now, of course, there are bad, unethical research operations. And there are good ones. And, of course, shades of gray in between. I wonder, though, what the animals themselves think of their lot in life. What would they say? Well, today's guest is P.A. Woodburn, Anne Woodburn, the author of the mystery novel Cries in the Dark. This is a story that incorporates the world of animal research with the what-if of communicating with animals. The main character, a medical student, Alex Buchanan, awakes from a coma to discover she can communicate with the chimps in the lab, as well as her own dog, Caesar. Now, reviews of this book on Amazon Kindle say Cries in the Dark has a strong social message, but it's delivered from several viewpoints, including that of the animals. Now, how neat is that? Wouldn't you want to think, talk with your pets? What do you guess they'd say? We'll call all your pets and come, sit, Stay, and we'll find out what Anne has to say after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. There's a movement afoot. Shoebuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code PEEVES, P-E-E-V-E-S, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. 
Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Peeves, P-E-E-V-E-S, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one-carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14-carat white gold. Exclusively yours from ICE.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ICE.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at Diamond.com. ICE.com or Diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. Welcome back to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. And please help me welcome P.A. Woodburn. This is Anne. She's an animal lover, a writer, and author of the mystery book, Cries in the Dark. Thanks for being a guest on the show, Anne. Thank you for having me. And I always like to start out the interview by having my guest tell listeners a little bit about themselves. What dogs or cats or other critters do you have that share your life? Um, I have one cat. We lost a cat just three months ago. And I have a St. Bernard. Oh, my goodness, a St. Bernard. So probably outweighs you. Yes, he weighs about 150 pounds. <laughs> so are, are your, your dog and your cat, are they any kind of a, an inspiration to you as a, a writer of mysteries? I'm actually going to put my St. Bernard in my next book. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, quite, he's quite a character. They do really have a way of, of kinding, getting into our lives in all kinds of ways. Now, as a writer, I assume you're also an avid reader. What types of books do you like to read, and are they similar to what you write? Do you read a lot of mysteries as well? I read a lot of mysteries, thrillers, suspense. Um, I try and read anything about animal rights that I can get. There, there aren't that many mystery thriller animal rights books, so it's hard to find them. 
Right. I know that there are there are a few, but they are kind of far in between. And and it seems like, you know, people are either avid readers or not. What is it that makes people want to be a reader? And then I want to get into your specific book. But what in general, why do you think people enjoy reading so much? Some people don't like TV a lot. I don't watch TV very much. I do watch movies and things, but regular TV programming, a lot of it bores me. Some people are more more just interested in sitting in a little corner by themselves with a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it. I can sit and, and my cat can curl up on my lap while I'm reading. It's it's a very nice, pleasant thing. And and for me, I'm always disappointed if I've read the book and then I go see the movie because what I can imagine is always so much richer and better than what they can make up and put on the screen. Right. And one nice thing about books they usually last longer than movies. You know, it usually takes longer to read a book. Right. So you have maybe uh, several days of enjoyment instead of two hours in front of the television or in the movie theater. Right. Though I sometimes sit up all night to finish a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's got to be a good book when that happens. And, well, <laughs> and why the interest in animal research and animal activism? I know that uh, in, in your bio, you, you mentioned that at one point you worked for Greenpeace as a fundraiser. Yes, the, the way I got into working for Greenpeace was uh, I was studying to finish my um, degree and I, I was studying organic chemistry and I picked up a book <laughs> Uh, called A Whale for the Killing by Farley Mowat. And I was really um, intrigued by the book. I ha- had no knowledge of whales whatsoever. I'd never seen a whale. I didn't know anything about whaling or anything. And A Whale for the Killing was a very sad book. Well, two weeks after reading the book, I saw this little uh, thing in the newspaper about some people who were trying to outfit a um, outfit a ship and and raise the money to buy the ship and and fix it to go out and save the whales so i went I went down to the newspaper office <laughs> and ah. found the person who write the wrote the article and asked him how I would find the ship so he told me and I went and found the ship and told them that I was interested in joining them. And so I got to be a fundraiser for Greenpeace. For I did that for about five years. Wow. I bet you have a lot of stories from there. There were always a lot of stories going around, yes. Could you share with um, the listeners your opinion of animal research? I know that this is something, a thread that goes through your book. Although the book is fiction, is it based on your own research into the subject of how animals are used in, in research? Okay, when I was living in Edinburgh, Scotland, I got a job in a laboratory. We were working on rats and making them hypertensive. And I looked after the rats, and some of the rats started to eat off their feet because they were in such pain. And I actually killed those rats and told them they had died. And the reason I did that was to stop their pain, you know. But I just became very aware at that point in time about the horrible things that go on in laboratories. And I um, 
became more and more aware of it as I got older. And then I became, I read that a- animals have a different biochemistry than we do. Um, you know, people say that they're doing research on them because they're similar to humans, but they're, they are different enough that frequently the results that we get from these experiments are very seriously off. For example, aspirin will kill a cat and penicillin will kill a guinea pig. Right. And guinea pigs can eat strychnine. And strychnine is very poisonous for humans, but it's not poisonous for monkeys. And sheep are not affected by arsenic. So there are a lot of examples like that of different medications and different substances that are poisons to one species and not another. Um, so it's, it's very difficult to extrapolate directly from research on lab rats how that's going to affect people and vice versa, or the same with cats and dogs. I know there are some very similar things, but you have to know what you're doing. Absolutely, it is. And, you know, billions, billions of dollars are spent every year on this kind of research, and a lot of it is research that's repeated, something that has been done before, and then someone else thinks, oh, I'll do this and see if I get a different result. And just an awful lot of it is wasted money that would be better spent on other methods of research, such as clinical trials, or you can do some things with a computer now. Right. The problem there is, of course, uh, you don't have to get, uh, you know, releases from the animals. With human subjects, you have to cover all your bases and make sure you aren't sued in case something goes wrong. And, of course, the animals, they can't sign any release papers. So it's That's very much true. easier, and they're expendable. That is true, but a lot of humans do volunteer for experiments. I've volunteered for a few myself. And, in fact, some humans are actually cured by some of these experiments that they volunteer for. Well, I know when I was researching my book on cutting-edge medicine for dogs and cats, and it was frustrating Mm -hmm. to me because a lot of the um, NIH studies that are funded using animal models, cats and dogs, particularly in cancer research, they get these wonderful results with the cats or the dogs and cancer remissions and and the pets. It's very beneficial for them. And as soon as it goes to human trials, they take it away from the veterinary sites and the animals no longer get that benefit. Right. Yeah, that happens too. And apparently, I I read in a paper this morning that there have been uh, and then actually have been an increase in cancer rates and cancer deaths since we started doing research on cancer and we annually spend about well by the year 2030 we will be spending about 16 trillion on research animal research if we keep doing what we're right. doing Right. I know that the cancer rates that appear to be increasing, though a lot of that has to do with better diagnostics. In the past, we we perhaps had people who died for undiagnosed reasons, and we have all of these 
new test where you can pinpoint. So it's difficult to say exactly what's going on. Of course, we have a world now that there are a lot more carcinogens that we've recognized. So that may influence it all. So it's real hard to get a real black and white answer there. But it's it's fascinating, I know, to explore this in the context of a novel, too. And I know I wanted to ask you, do you have other books in the works as well? Do you draw from your experiences? Because I know you said you lived in Edinburgh, but you've lived a number of different interesting places. I've lived a number of different places, but some of the places I'd lived, I have lived in, I had no animal connections at all. I lived in Egypt twice, and I didn't, um, well, I did rescue a dog and cat and bring, and bring them home, but I didn't, um, I didn't see much of the wildlife or anything. Though in Egypt, well, one interesting thing, I, li- I was in Egypt like 40 years ago. I lived there for a year. And I noticed how the animals were treated so badly. Um, there were cats and dogs running around starving in the streets. And donkeys and horses would be used as beasts of burden a lot. And you would see people whipping them. You know, the animal would fall down because the load was too big. And then people would whip them. Right. It was just devastating. Well, when I went, I went back to Egypt five years ago. And I noticed them a massive change in there were not nearly so many, there still are a few, but not nearly so many cats and dogs running uh, wild in the streets, starving. And there's a lot more automobiles and trucks and things like that. So animals are not being used nearly so much for transportation. And it, it just seemed like a tremendous improvement to me. Well, 40 years does make changes, so we hope that uh, the changes of modernization will be beneficial to our animal companions as well as, as the people. And on that note, we're going to take a brief break for a message from these sponsors, and then we'll continue our conversation with Anne. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code PEEVES10, P-E-E-V-E-S, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to floorup.com and use the code PEEVES12 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com, code word P-E-E-V-E-S and the number 12. I love animals. 
by Mark Winter. Available in iTunes. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Attitude every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back, and again, speaking with P.A. Woodburn, the author of Cries in the Dark. Now, Cries in the Dark has elements of drama, suspense, fantasy, and even some romance. Reviewers on the Amazon site say that this book is one of those rare books that affects you long after you read the last page, but probably more so if you have any sort of affinity for animals. So, Anne, let's get right to it. Why did you write this book, Cries in the Dark? Because I want to, uh, people to become more aware of all the things that do happen to animals. I think we treat animals really, really badly. And... I think that the majority of people who read non-fiction books about what is happening to animals are people who are already converted into trying to save animals. People who don't know very much about it or are not, or are not terribly interested and don't read those kind of books. So I wanted to make a story that was interesting that somebody could read even if they weren't interested in animals that they would enjoy because it was suspenseful and because it was a murder story and because there was a mystery to solve and and so on but I wanted to weave the animal issues into it and a lot of people have said that they have looked at animals differently since they read the book and that they are more aware of what's happening to animals now. That's and I would great. hope that after some people read the book, they might, because this is what I did with re- uh, reading that book, A Whale for the Killing by Farley Mowat. It was after reading that book that I started reading nonfiction books and got into the issues a lot more 
than just reading a fiction book. Okay, well, for the fiction readers out there, the mystery people who love a good puzzle, give us the high points. What is the book about? What are Cries in the Dark? What's that about? Okay, it is mainly about a chimpanzee lab and a primate primate language lab where they're learning um, sign language. But some of the chimps disappear and the staff don't know why. They're told that these chimps have been sold to um, a laboratory because of because they needed to raise extra money for funds. But when they check that out, they find that the chimps aren't in the laboratory that they were supposed to have been sold to, and they wonder what's happening. Also, there are about six deaths attached to the lab. <laughs> Ah. staff and and different people like that disappear and all of these deaths the police consider that all of these deaths are accidents but they actually aren't and because the police aren't interested in solving these deaths it's left to Alex the protagonist to solve the problem of why these people were killed Okay, and Alex is a pre-med student. She She's a pre-med a... student, and she has an accident. And after ha- waking up from a coma, she finds that she can talk telepathically with animals. Oh, that's cool. I'd love to be able to, well, it probably my cats would say, where's the food? But other than that. Yes. I actually went to a class on talking to animals while I was writing this book. Ah, so do you talk to your, your St. Bernard well, and your cat now? I have to say that I don't know whether I believe in this or not. Some people seem to be able to do it. And some of the things that came out in the class were really strange. Like some people gave me information that they had no way of knowing. But I'm, you know, I have a degree in microbiology and so I'm more... I have a more scientific background than than not, and so I I question things, and I I just am not sure how I feel about this. It's one of those things. The scientific part of my brain says, "Prove it to me in black and white," and yet the intuitive part says, "You know, I wake up in the morning and I know immediately if my cat is feeling bad or not." So, right. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to believe that that's true, and I would love to be able to have that gift myself. And it's fascinating. It's a fun thing to speculate about. Definitely. Well, what's the biggest takeaway message from your book, Cries in the Dark? The biggest takeaway message is I also have dogs in the book who are oh, ongoing good. animal research. And the biggest takeaway message is that we do these really bad things to animals, and do we have a right to do that just because we can? We Good question. So I sort of introduce that question to people and hope that they will explore it more and think about it more. All right. Well, where can listeners find your book? They can find my book. My book is on Kindle. It's an e-book. They can find it on Kindle. They can find it in Barnes & Noble. I believe it's on 
Apple iPad system, but I can't check that with, <laughs> with <either laughs> an Apple. And so I'm not 100% certain about that, but I think it's on that. It's on Smashwords. So folks can go into Google and search for Cries in the Dark by P.A. Woodburn. We'll make sure that there the Kindle, the Amazon Kindle book link is up on your guest page. So folks, after you finish listening, you can click right on over and take a look at that. What else have I failed to ask you, Anne, that you feel would be really important for listeners to know about you and your books and your work? Not about me, my books, and my work, but at the minute, there's a great ape protection act going through the legislature, and this act is trying to to rule that a lot of chimpanzees who are no longer being used for biomedical research must be housed in uh, sanctuaries and treated properly until they die. And the bill is H.R. 1326, and I believe it's in the House of Representatives at the minute. And there's Great. S. 3694 in the Senate. So folks can and look those up and check into that and write to support those bills. Yes, definitely. Great. We are out of time, but I would like to thank... P.A. Woodburn and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. I dare you to join me next week for Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio for the next installment of What Hisses You Off. Email me suggestions or post a note to my blog by dialing up PetLifeRadio.com and clicking on the Pet Peeves logo. Oh, and don't forget, you can subscribe to the free Pet Peeves newsletter available at Shujai.com. Woofs and purrs until next time. Now, dogs and cats have a special place in our hearts, sometimes on our pillows, but all animals, chimpanzees, rats, whatever they may be, they deserve to be treated humanely. That's great fun to speculate in novels about the what-ifs. But for research animals, the reality can be stranger and much worse than fiction. Animals that help us all stay healthy through medical research deserve respect and to be treated as the heroes they are. After all, you don't want them to get peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.